Welcome to the Laura Mayer Podcast. This is a podcast all about learning how to walk in the mental and emotional and relational freedom that Jesus provided for you. Happy Mother's Day to everybody that's listening to this episode on time, and if you're listening later, that's totally fine too. I'm excited. Today, um, I'm having my very first guest on the show that I've ever had on this show, and it's none other than my mom, and I'm going to cry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> excited. Um, because, y'all, <laughs> she's who I learned it from. She's who I tell a lot of people that... Um, my dad taught me how to work hard. My mama taught me how to pray hard. And you need both, and I'm grateful for both. Um, but everywhere you go, Mom, when people find out you're my mom, they'll always say, oh, I wish your mom was my mom. <laughs> and I always say, that's okay, I can share. I'll share. You know, you're kind of everybody's mama. So, okay, we're going to be, we're going to cry a lot on this, y'all. Uh, she's probably where I get all my crying from, too. But I wanted to bring her on in honor of Mother's Day, but I wanted this to be a Mother's Day gift for you, um, our listeners out there, and for you to hear from the woman herself what it means to walk in freedom, what it means to stand on the Word. And so she's going to tell you her own story of um, growing up and how she... How just her really your spiritual journey? I'm not going to say too much more. I don't. I don't want to. No, you interrupt. Yeah. Well, you I mean, like, me. <laughs> I want you to start going. So, okay. Um, I guess tell tell us where you started, and then this is just going to be conversation style. So, y'all bear with us. Well. Um, oh, and your name. I didn't tell. Oh. I didn't tell him your name. Not everybody does know you. Vicky Mayberry <laughs> Radway. Yeah. Uh, some people in our local area know me from my father. My father was a minister in this area for years and years, Joe Mayberry, um, and uh, had a wonderful childhood. Um, he was always pastors of small churches, so mm-hmm. there wasn't much money because he did it full time, but had a great childhood. Um, but as a child, I was always hungry, a lot like you were, Laura. I was always mm-hmm. hungry for God. Uh, one of the best things that happened early on is uh, Daddy gave me, it was when the new modern English translation came out of the Bible, and he gave me a copy of that. I was saved at the age of eight, baptized, and he gave me a copy of that Bible. And I can remember reading about the miracles and reading about tongues and reading about some of those things and asking a lot of questions. Why don't we see miracles anymore? Why do we not do that? And Daddy was a wonderful man of God. He never tried to turn me away from anything, but he would just say, honestly, I don't know. We don't understand. Yeah. Um, and then, but that, that I did get in the habit of reading my Bible every day in those days, when, since the time I was about 12. Because those of you who grew up in denominational churches, you know you get to mark that little box on your envelope if you read. So I did. <laughs> um Mom's a rule follower, like yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so even in my times of my life where I was not particularly walking close to God, was not in church, and I did have those times in my life, I did read my Bible. Hmm. Uh, I, it was important to I don't me. think I ever knew you were at any point not in church. Yes, my college days, I'm in and out. I'm just learning this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... Then uh, when I was uh, a junior in college, uh, my mother started hemorrhaging. And um, 
it was a terrible time and we discovered she had stomach cancer and um, that was really really rough and she had she went through chemo uh, she nearly died from the chemo remember this was the late 70s early 80s things have advanced much more since then uh, had eight different surgeries she would get well and things would be great and then and then it wouldn't be um, she passed at the age of 48 not from the cancer but from scar tissue but that really sent me on a journey to dig deeper and answer questions I started looking at why just like what so many people ask why do bad things happen to good people mm -hmm. but for some reason Thank you, Jesus. Because of my, where I was with him, yeah. I didn't blame him. Mm -hmm. I knew we must be missing it somehow. You already knew his character. Oh, that's true. That I, matters. We talk about that here, knowing the character of God. And, and I thank my denominational background for that because I knew Jesus loved me. Yeah. I knew that with every inch of my being. So it led me to start searching. So I started listening on the radio to other mem uh, ministers who were not of my denomination. And, I, and God is so good. There's a verse, I think it's in Hebrews, where he says, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And the more I sought Him, the more He put people across my path who were answering my questions or who knew how to point me in the right direction. Yeah. About this time, I, I met some friends who were spirit-filled, and I didn't even know what that meant. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a Bible study in their home, and they invited this minister who was not a denominational minister. And he came, and he started teaching me things that I had never heard of, but it suddenly made so much sense. Things that had never quite set right suddenly started making more sense. And uh, the, one of the first things I learned during that time of my life was that I could pray the word, that the Bible is God's will. And if I can find a verse that sit, fits my situation, or better yet, two or three verses, because, you know, our understanding is not adequate. We're not, we haven't arrived yet. And so find two or three verses that fit my situation and to pray those verses over that situation. And I started seeing amazing results. And it's because you were finding verses that, that were telling you what God already thought about your situation. That's right. What, what he already said. So you're, you know, people say, you know, well, just you need to pray, well, Lord, whatever your will is. We know what his will is because he's already written it down. His will is his word. Yes. So you go to the word and you say, okay, God, what do you say about this? And, you know, you, you find several places where God's talking about that thing. And, well, you've just got his will on it. He, he doesn't change. That's right. And then you prayed that. That's good. Good. And, and during this time, I did get filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, except I didn't speak in other tongues much. Uh, I had a huge block. I still was learning. I still had a lot I was growing in. Uh, and about the same time, this same minister, you know, you hear so many sermons in your life if you're in church. But I remember parts of this sermon, and this sermon I heard in 1980. 81 maybe early 82 
and he started talking about how everything that Adam and Eve lost in the garden, Jesus bought it back on the cross. Wow. And it changed my life. He went through all the different symbolisms of the different things that happened about the thorns and the ground being cursed and pain and childbirth and all of those things. And it changed my life. Sent me on a journey. And then he mentioned other ministers that I started listening to. And, and I would listen and then I would question. I would, I would listen and I would hear something new and I'd go back to Jesus and I'd say, Jesus, do you know about this? <laughs> Is this okay? Because my Jesus, I didn't realize, was denominational. In your head. In my head. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, he's such a big God. Yeah. So much bigger than any of our denominations. Yes. We accidentally, even at times, put him in boxes and... Yeah, and don't realize it. So good. So he was feeding me, and this time I was married and starting to have children, and um, so I had learned how to pray the word. I was learning. I'm still learning how to pray the word. Learning that through that message that of the authority of the believer, that that last chapter in Matthew that I had grown up knowing about go ye into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize, that it was more than just about witnessing. Hmm. Because if you read the same thing he said in the last chapter of Mark, he goes on and he's talking about occupying. He's talking about you moving the kingdom of heaven to where you are. And I have paid for things for you but they don't automatically come to you. You have to know your rights and your privileges, and you have to keep the devil in his place. Mm. That, yes, what Jesus, when you, you said earlier, you know, that Jesus came to reverse, basically reverse the reverse curse. Reverse the curse. He reversed the curse. And he said, kingdom has come. This is the kingdom, is, is my will on this earth. Yes. Back where, you know, um, where Satan does not rule and reign. And so, yes, our, our job as a believer, thy kingdom come. That's right. Wherever we go, we impart the kingdom wherever we go. Yes. I have a dish uh, that, on, if you flip it on the back, it says, it says, made in occupied Japan. And I always think about that. When, after World War II, we went into Japan, and the way I understand it, we helped restructure them and their government and rebuild what the war had destroyed mm-hmm. so as believers we are supposed to occupy amen. here on this earth amen reset up the government and build back what the enemy has destroyed amen that's what occupy means government of the world yeah yes yeah according to his kingdom yeah yes so those were two monumental things and then about the same time i learned and this was when um my oldest was starting to run around and I kept losing him everywhere. And I, uh, I learned that Jesus had made a covenant with God for me. Mm. That the Bible, what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament, could also be worded as the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And I have a covenant with God paid for by the blood of Jesus. And that my covenant includes 
all the blessings that he promised Abraham in Deuteronomy, or the the Israelites who promised Abraham before in Genesis, and then with through Moses in Deuteronomy, all of those blessings are supposed to be ours. Mm -hmm. He's paid for them. So that was monumental. Whenever anything would happen with my children, that was I learned for that to be one of the first words out of my mouth. But God, I have a covenant. I have a covenant. I can't find him right now, but I have a covenant with you. So I know you'll send your covenant-keeping angels out and protect him and bring him back to me. He ran away a lot. He did. <laughs> As a toddler. That makes mom sound like she wasn't paying attention. That is not the case. Um, he was one of these kids that needed a leash. I'm sorry. He just did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then everything that came in life. And so, you, but it, it takes practice. You know, when, when life tries to hit you in the face and at that moment something is suddenly making your heart pound and taking your breath away and your brain just freeze, you have to remember to pull back. Yeah. But what does God say? Mm-hmm. But, but what does God say? And, and if God loves me, then what does he say? And, and I think it was during that time that God taught me that when you're going through things you don't understand and you don't know, Pull back and look at what you do know. Yeah. And one of the things I did know was Jesus loves me. Yeah. So however this works out, he loves me. So he's going to work it out for me because he loves me. And that was monumental for me. And I, I think it's neat and, and to, to make the distinction here that you, you got a revelation that God didn't want to just save save your soul and things were going to be really hard here on earth and then things would be better once you got to heaven. Right. Yes, we still live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. But you realized that everything that Jesus had died for and provided for was for the here and now. Yes. And you learned to stand on Scripture and speak truth over your situation. You didn't deny your situation. You didn't ignore it or pretend like it wasn't happening. But you rose up and stood in the authority that Jesus provided for you. Yes. How disrespectful would it be to not walk in the very gift he gave you? Yes. You know, and I think sometimes people think it's arrogant when um, when they, you know, hear people maybe preach on the authority of the believer or uh, standing in faith for something. Um Religion and uh, legalism would say, well, that you're just being arrogant. You think you're something. No, I think he's something. <laughs> I, I think he's amazing. And he apparently thought this was important enough that he provided this for me. And, you know, um, here in the South, we're, we kind of have a reputation for being extra polite and extra, you know, really good manners and all of that kind of thing. It's really rude if someone gives you a gift and you don't accept it or you don't say thank you, mm-hmm. and then you don't use it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if somebody gives you a kitchen towel, and then they come to your house, they better see you using that kitchen towel <laughs> in your kitchen. Um, so Jesus provided; He reversed the curse and provided a way for us to live above the curse mm-hmm. here and now, and establish His kingdom on on the earth and preach the good news, preach the gospel. And it'd be it'd be rude mm-hmm. to not walk in that. Mm-hmm. It's not arrogance. Good manners. And I know all of this sounds maybe 
just too wonderful. And to put it in practical terms, though, yeah, when it comes down to it, it was a matter of taking the time to feed myself on the word concerning whatever that situation was uh, and get those passages down in my heart and then how to on purpose when the fear tries to talk, when the worry tries to talk, when the to on purpose turn off that voice and remind yourself of what does my father say. Yeah. And that's, and it's little by little, that's how you learn how to walk in peace. Because even though you are living um, the best that you know how, there are other people around you that are not. Yeah. And there's other people in your life, maybe even your family, that may be creating situations for you that are not peaceful and are not what you uh, would consider the best for you and your family. But I'm telling you from experience, if you will focus on him and put those people in his hands, yeah. he will take care of you. And I've watched it happen over and over. He is my defender. He's my protector and my covenant, covenant provider. And he's my counselor and he's my defender. And he defends me when others around me make lousy choices. And I have watched this, 37 years old, watched, watched this. And I think, you know, there's different times, Mom, I've heard you say that, you know, you felt like you didn't do this right or this right or this right. Um, but I feel like I've learned as much watching what you've done right as what you wish you could redo. Good. <laughs> and watching how you handle the hard stuff watching how you walk out walk in love how you stand on the scripture and then watching God show out because you put your faith in what he said over and above what doctors have said we've seen amazing miracles happen in our family's health that medical science cannot explain we've yes. seen amazing restoration yes. in relationships yes. that Psychologists and counselors probably couldn't explain. Yes. We've seen financial prov provision miracles in times where it didn't make sense. And yes. it, it, from standing on, from holding what God says is truth above what the world says is truth. Yes, yes. Amen. And I brought that up because I know sometimes as women we feel like we have to wait for every, you know, we, if we're married, for our spouse to get his act together. And, and when these things all get better and when this situation isn't so bad, maybe I can get close to God then. No. Mm -mm. You, walk him with, you walk with him for you. And you getting close to God now is the key to That's all of right. those things changing. That is right. Amen. It sure is. That's the truth. It's the key. And then the, the final thing I feel like that I have learned in this walk that I'm still learning on is to remember to often thank him for the good things he's already done. And I'm trying to become more mindful of thanking him constantly for what he has already done. Mm -hmm. Just um, when I think of my children, thanking him for my children. 
even though everything may not be perfect in everybody's life, I'm so thankful for what he's done. I'm so thankful for where I am in life. I'm so thankful that I know that no matter who comes or goes or leaves in this life, that I can walk with Jesus every second forever. When that becomes a reality to you, there, the, the comfort in that is unexplainable. Mm-hmm. That he is, he, he, he will never, he really, really, really never will leave me nor forsake me. And whether I do everything wrong or right, he is my focus, not those around me. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about, okay, like somebody that's listening who knows a lot about God, maybe grown up in church, but is hungry for more. Not quite sure what more means, Mm -hmm. but she knows that, or he knows that how their life looks right now is not a picture of a lot of victory. And and we're not saying everything's perfect in our lives, not at all. Until we all get to heaven, we still all live in a fallen world. But um, it hasn't, faith and, and understanding what, the truth of the word of God doesn't make everything perfect in your life, but it gives you the weapons to fight with. Mm-hmm. And it gets you to the other side mm-hmm. of it to where, you know, um, there's that saying that says boats don't sink by the amount of water around them. Mm-hmm. Boats sink by the amount of water that gets in them. And how you've got to know your covenant. you got to know how to stand on the word mm-hmm. so that you've got something to push back with. Yes. Pushing back, already knowing you're in a place of victory because of what Jesus did, but but you've got to grab hold of what He did and and you know stand on that. Yes. So somebody that's listening that's hungry and maybe they've already started saying those things to God. Lord, I know there's got to be more. Mm-hmm. I um, while I was continuing that search personally, I got involved with the ladies' Bible study. That was uh, not part of a particular church, and I learned a lot from them. And, uh, and then I started attending meetings in churches that were not part of my denomination. And that was scary. Yeah. Because I was afraid that I was going to get messed up uh, and get off in air, yeah. error and, and all of that. So I would just ask God, God, is this right? Mm-hmm. Is this you? Show me. And, and we were part of some churches that weren't good. Yeah. We've been a part of some good ones and some that were not good. Yeah. But God kept us through it all. Yeah. Because our focus stayed on him and not the church. Not the church. When our focus got on the church, we got off. But when our focus would get back on him, he took care of us. Yeah. And, um, you know, nobody is perfect. But I wanted to hang with people who it looked like their life, they were experiencing some victory in their life. It looked like that they were were growing in God, too. They knew something you didn't know. That's right. They had some answers. So I started searching. One year, we went to several different denominational churches and different kind of churches just trying to find out, just search. And because he said he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, if you're diligently seeking, that means you didn't find it all the first time. Yeah. It means you're still looking, and you're still looking. And as long as you're seeking him, he will guide your feet. Pray for the right pastor. God has a pastor for you. And you may feel like the one you have right now is perfect and great. 
Well, awesome. That, stay there. Awesome. Stay there. <laughs> yeah. Stay but where you're growing. Now, when with the internet and everything we have available to us, there are hundreds of good teachers online. Yeah. Hundreds of good good ones. And we talk a lot in this podcast about how we're a three-part being, that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And that the part of you that you feed is the part of you that gets to be the boss. It sounds like, Mom, years ago, you started prioritizing the feeding of your spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you did that and your spirit man started growing, it started outgrowing where you were in some places. That's true. Very That's much like, um, you know, an animal that would shed its skin or a little mm-hmm. bug that would shed its, or shed its exoskeleton. You started growing. But that's the part of you that started getting to be the boss over your decisions, mm-hmm. over your life choices, over all, all kinds of things, because, because that's the part of you that you were feeding. And so then that, it sounds like that also became the filter when you guys were praying for the Lord to show you where your church was. Um, where is my spirit man growing? Yes. Not just, you know, who has flashy programs and... Um, What's the most people may choose churches for all kinds of different reasons. Maybe that's where their grandmama grew up, or mm-hmm. maybe it's the most prestigious one in their area, or whatever. But I, I remember we went to some some little tiny places, and we went where there was a move of God. Yes, we went where people were hungry, because when you get in a room full of people that are hungry for Jesus, yes, hungry just to know him yes it is amazing what happens when god shows up in those places you leave different than how you went in you sure did. and and but but also at the same time you know church is just once or twice a week this is something you were living out in your daily life mm-hmm. you said you always read your bible but i i grew up it was just a normal soundtrack in our home to hear mama praying <laughs> And that was just normal. Just walking the kitchen floors, washing dishes, praying. Sometimes you were, you know, crying and, and singing. And you, you know, used to listen to, um, um, gosh, Hosanna music. And, you know, yeah, those were the days. all of those days back in the 90s. Yes. Um, and then sometimes I'd hear you in the kitchen yelling at the devil. <laughs> and, and so this was something you lived out. And it became your lifeline. He he became, became my life, your lifeline, life and um, I remember I remember some of those times you're talking about when you know you addressed women who maybe feel like if they can just get their husband on board. There were times and seasons where that wasn't the case, and maybe Dad wasn't on board. But how you realized that your covenant with God was not dependent on what your husband did or That's didn't right. do. That's right. That's right. So if you're listening. Your covenant with God. Maybe you just learned today that you even have one. Mm-hmm. An agreement mm-hmm. between God and Jesus himself that was made the day that Jesus died on the cross for you. Where your covenant includes salvation. And that word salvation is sozo. We've talked about it. it it's a picture of wholeness and healing. And uh, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what Jesus provided for you was to reverse the curse in your life. Yes. And how that covenant belongs to you as a child of the Most High God, regardless of what relationships in your life are, what what decisions they're making or not making. Mm-hmm. And how right. you can stand for your family. You can stand for your adult children. I've seen you do that, Mom. 
Yes. I've seen you continue to stand on what the Word says, that your children shall be well taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. And you have prayed us out of many situations from standing on the Word. Because His Word works. Because He is the Word. It, we can't even wrap our brain around it. But if you put His Word in your mouth and you declare it, I know the angels of heaven go to work on my behalf right there. Yeah, it says they hearken unto they the hearken voice, to the voice. Of the word. Some things you see immediately, some things you stand for years. But you just have to make up your mind. Devil, we play till I win. And you just hang on and you don't give up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's her. She's famous for saying that. Devil, you forget. We play till I win. <laughs> Because he sure can try to rattle you. He yeah. sure can try to make you focus. He knows on, where to punch you. Oh, he does. He takes he takes those sucker shots or what are they called? Yeah, yes. sucker punches. And um, he doesn't fight fair, but you fight from a place of victory. That's right. I don't fight fair anymore because he's already won it. It's a rigged fight. On your behalf. On my behalf. And I know there's people that um, you know maybe things didn't go right. Jordan had us. Uh, three tours in uh war zones that's my oldest brother and and god i i found the scripture in uh jeremiah where he talked about uh i will refrain my voice from weeping and my eyes from tears because you will bring them back to their into their own borders so i promise god i won't cry i'm not gonna cry until uh he comes home and you didn't and i didn't but for those of you that maybe it didn't turn out right for you Maybe your loved one didn't come back or something. He still can take you where you are right now. Amen. And carry you through and give you that peace that passes all understanding. My mother didn't live. She did pass on. So I've seen the heartache side. But he can do such an amazing job in your emotions. Mm Mm-hmm. He gives you a peace to walk it out till you do see that loved one again. Yeah, because it's still it's still not over. It's still not over. She went she went on ahead. Yes, but it's still not over. She's in your future. Yes, I think that's good to remember because I think we put, you know, we we get in agreement with the devil. It says that he's the accuser of the brethren. And so he's the one that's pointing out all your faults. And so sometimes we we start getting in agreement and in a conversation with him about how much we've messed up and we've messed it up too bad and we shouldn't have made this decision and that decision. And, well, gosh, if if God's will being done in our lives was dependent on us making every single decision perfect, there is not a single human that has ever been born or ever will be born that would be it, that would have the blessing of God in their life. That right. that would be able to walk in His will, and, and that's why the covenant is between Jesus and God, and we get to be joint heirs with it, is because Jesus is perfect. So Amen. we we don't have to be. Um, we just got to know who to keep running to. So something that I've learned through the years, and I've seen you do, um, and you you alluded to it earlier about when there's things in your life that you don't understand, you go back to what you do understand, and. We understand that we're going to stay on God's side. We're going to stay on the side that God is good and that his word is true and he's always faithful. And when there's stuff going on that we don't understand, someday we will. But in the meantime, 
we're not going to shrink back from our relationship with him. Because there's so much stuff I understand now that I didn't understand in the middle of when it was going on. Because mm-hmm. we're all continuing to grow. So give yourself some grace. If, if God's forgiven you, it's kind of prideful for you to say that you don't forgive you. Mm-hmm. You know, that if whatever it was, was, was something that was forgivable by God, who are you to say it's not? You know, mm-hmm. take his, you know, take his opinion on it. Forgive yourself. And then by doing that, you're saying, God, I trust you. I trust that you're big enough mm-hmm. to fix what I messed up. Yes. Because if you don't, you're saying, God, I don't think you're big enough to fix what I messed up. I'm so big that I mm-hmm. have messed this up to a degree that you're not strong enough to fix it. And we don't realize that's what we're saying, but Mm -hmm. that's what we're saying. So instead, get on his side, get over into faith and say, I know you're big enough to bring healing, bring deliverance, bring restoration. And you know what? Sometimes things don't always look on the outside the way we want them to, but God can hold our hearts in peace um, in the meantime. On the outside, you know, it's... You would rather your mama be here right now than mm-hmm. have gone on to heaven. But God has given you peace in the meantime. Yes. He's still Amen. perfecting what's concerning you. He's mm-hmm. still bringing wholeness to your heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he does call us his children. Mm-hmm. We see ourselves as all big and bad and grown up. But he, <laughs> we don't expect our children to do everything perfect every yeah. time because they're still growing. They're still growing. And he calls us his children. He realizes we're still growing. Something else um, that I remember you saying is that kind of along the lines of devil, you forget we play till I win. That if it doesn't look like victory in your life, then it's not over. Amen. Keep standing on the word. Find scriptures that talk about what it is that you're believing for. Whether it's for your own self, healing in your own mind, your emotions, traumas, or it's stuff external, family members, relationships, or financial stuff, whatever's going on, praying, you know, for a loved one to come to Christ, you keep speaking the word about it. And then don't turn around and when you're talking with your girlfriends or your guy friends, talk negative and say, well, it's just never going to get any better. No, be consistent with what you're, what you're speaking because you're going to believe what you hear yourself say. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to share? If there's one more thing, one more thought you want to leave with them? Just that I believe in my heart that we're on the edge of a great return to God. I think we're on the edge of a great revival uh, or whatever you want to call it, awakening or what or whatever. So be excited and be searching for how God is moving in your life. Mm-hmm. Look for ways that he's moving. Expect him to move for you. Expect him to be what all he says. He will not disappoint you. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, all right. Thank you all for joining us today um, for the Laura Mayer podcast. It's been so good to have my mom, Vicki Radway, on the show with us today. I know you guys. I loved it. Yay. We'll have to do this again. This is fun. This was good. Um, Let us know what you think. But thank you for joining us, and we will see you here again where we will continue learning that being His means being free.